What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to My Social Life. This is the podcast where you can hear the real stories behind the people on social media. I'm your host, Jacob Kelly. And before we jump into today's conversation with Coach Jason Ferber, there's a couple things that we need to go over first. Number one, if you enjoyed today's podcast, please consider leaving a rating and a review. The more positive ratings and reviews we get, the more it helps new people find the show, and it really helps to grow the community that we're developing here. And if you're one of those people that have recently found the podcast, welcome. I'm very excited to have you here. Make sure you subscribe and stay tuned for future episodes. And to everybody listening, make sure you screenshot this, post it to your Instagram story, tag at the Jacob Kelly and at Coach Ferber, and I will feature you on the account and send you a message as well. Now, without further ado, let's get to my conversation with Coach Jason Ferber. What's going on? I'm excited to finally have you on the show. And where I want to start, I want to go all the way back. So if I'm not mistaken, you grew up in Coney Island, correct? Right. And yep. what was what was it like growing up there? Because just based on my research, it looked like it was a bit of a tough neighborhood back in the day. Um, yeah, it was. You know, growing up in in in, in Coney Island, it was. I was born in '77. I'm 42 years old now, so high crime rate. Um, that was when you know New Jack City, that old movie. I don't know if you've ever seen it before. It's probably outdated myself, but uh, you know, crack became a big epidemic in the early eighties, um, in, in a lot of, in a lot of underprivileged neighborhoods and, and Coney Island was definitely one of them. Um, so, you know, a lot of the challenges that I, I, I my family, I was extremely poor. Um, I mean, uh, and, and, and people have different, obviously interpretations of what poor is, you know, some people say, well, you know, people in the third world, there's third world type of poor. There's where, you know, there's, there's in the hood type of poor, um, some people, you, you know, I guess it all, it's all based on your perception of what it is. I felt like I was poor because I was, my family was on welfare. Um, I stood in those lines for government cheese with my mom and I, I, I wore my brother's hand-me-downs. Um, I didn't really, um, I didn't have baseball equipment. My, the first coach that I met actually gave me a glove. Um, you know, you talk about poor, I would say, you know, there was actually, I remember one, one time, which is, a, uh, pretty embarrassing but would you just say you know i i my, my sneakers were so uh old at one point that i went into a bowling alley with one of my friends and stole a pair of bowling alley shoes and actually wore them around actually wore them out like stole them from the bowling and wore them to school like it's embarrassing because you know you're obviously gonna get you're obviously gonna get a lot of uh uh kids making funny at school going into school with bowling shoes on but at that point when you're a kid when you're young you know i was pretty much just trying to uh, find out who I was and, 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 and figure out, you know, how to maneuver around um, and, and I guess stay out of trouble. I mean, I, my older brother was three years older than me. Um, so so um, I kind of hung with him and his friends, which was good in some ways and bad in other ways. But um, in that era, uh, Coney Island was there was different groups of people. There was guys that were breakdancing. There were guys that were uh, graffiti artists. There were there were guys that were uh, you know rappers. Freestyle rap and hip hop was was really big at that point when I was growing up. Um, then you had your athletes. Uh, you know you had groups of guys that were drug dealers. You you know gangs, dudes that fight, fighters, guys that like to fight. So you know one of the things I learned early on, and what I still believe to this day, is that figuring out, letting a kid find out where he excels in and what he has a knack for. Um, early on can really help in the development process of, of, of a kid. I think that, you know, if you, if you, if you specialize a kid really too early in one particular, um, thing, whatever it is, whether it's art or athletics and sports or, or, or education, 
I generally believe education is 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 the found is a good foundation to start with to be able to communicate with people and 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 obviously um, interact with people. I think you have to have that. But I would say that I, I quite often um, education is is and and also information in general is overvalued um, and motivation is undervalued. Uh, I, I think in most most ways that when you when you look at things and in coaching too, um, but an example would be, you know, when you look at a guy like Jay Z, um, he, you know, he had a knack for spitting rhymes out really quickly and bring, you know, coming them up, you know, having them think about them in his head and be able to spit them out and make them sound really cool, like and rhyme. You know, not everybody can do that. Everybody, a lot of people want to do that. I, I wanted to do it. Um, I wanted to break dance. I was okay. I wanted to, um, I wanted to do graffiti. I thought that was cool too. I tried it. I was not a good artist. Um, I didn't even have a knack for it. It didn't even look close to what these guys <laughs> were doing. You know what I mean? So, and, 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 and Jay-Z, obviously, you know, if you take a guy like him, if, if his father or mother, you know, the guys that weren't good athletes, they start matriculating over to these other areas that where they have talents that they can still add value and be part of something and feel good about themselves. Baseball was that for me. I felt like I had a knack for squaring up a baseball and money wasn't a key factor in trying to do that. All these things, you know, money wasn't a part of it. Like when you don't have money, kids start thinking about creative ways to make themselves feel good. If they can break, if they can dance better than anybody else that makes them feel good, they're going to go out there and they're going to compete with other guys to see who's a bet, who's better at it. You know, um, rapping, you know, Jay-Z's doing the same thing now as he was doing on a street corner, you know, 25 years ago, 30 years ago, except he's getting paid a billion dollars to do it. And, and it's similar with baseball. Baseball, I never really thought about being a big leaguer. That wasn't really in my mind at that point. When you're living in that type of environment, you're not really, you know, I, I couldn't even dream that big. I was, I didn't get off my own block, my own street corner. So thinking about playing the big leagues was it was more of a fantasy than a dream. I, I, I love the Yankees and I would emulate them and I'll obviously take trips when I could with my brother on the subway. He would take me, we'd watch a Yankee game here and there. But, um, you know, I, I, I never thought I was completely content with being picked first or second on a, on a pickup game in my neighborhood. I was completely content with that. I wasn't uh, because it made me feel good and, and, and money wasn't, but money didn't, um, Hat was the money wasn't the currency, if, if that makes sense. So mm-hmm. I think now, just to wrap it up, what, what you know, what you talk of what we were the, the original question is, what I'm looking to do now is I'm not I never I'm not looking to create big leaguers. That's not my mindset when I'm coaching. A lot of guys I think, and there's nothing wrong with that, but their goal is to create the next big leaguer, the next Mike Trout. You know, you got to keep on pressing and pressing and working harder and harder. All I'm trying to do is create a feeling in a young athlete, give him the same feeling of making himself feel good about himself an escape of maybe something else that could be going on at home at school. Maybe I don't excel at school and I, I, there's other kids that are brainiacs, but this one little piece over here is an escape for me and I, and I can really feel confident and good about myself. So that's pretty much, I think where, where I started, you know, wanting to coach. Mm-hmm. And then 
when you mentioned earlier about like not specializing too early, is that something you're seeing quite a bit where parents are really trying to specialize their kid, especially in terms of athletics? Like up here in Canada, something I've noticed where parents, instead of having their kids play multiple sports throughout the year, they'll play hockey 12 months a year. Is that something you're seeing with baseball where parents are trying to specialize their kids at six, seven years old to try and make them big leaguers from the beginning? hundred percent. I mean, I think the general idea is, is the earlier I get started, the more of a jump, a head start I have on you. Right. Um, but if you think about it, so, so, so people think that, um, you know, the way that training, training in general, the, 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 the advancements in training is what has created guys that, um, you know, perform better later on. I don't think that's accurate. I think that what's, what's changed the most is how we identify the athlete that fits into the profile of that sport. So meaning, if, 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 if every single, every single continent, every country has one sport, if you think about it, that's dominant. What's it, what is it in Canada? What's the sport that dominates hockey? Yeah. Okay. So pretty much every single one of the best athletes in Canada, if they find out they're athletic and strong and they're, and they're fast movers and they're, and they're, and they have good, good, uh, good rhythm, body, internal clocks and stuff, then they would go to hockey first. Um, in, 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 in Russia, um, it could be gymnastics or China. It could be gymnastics. You know, in, 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 in South America, in Brazil, if you're a good athlete, there is no, there is no baseball or football. Um, you know, um, there, there's, there's no, you know, there, there, there's just soccer. You know what I mean? If you're, if you're the best athlete in Brazil, you play soccer. So if you take it along the lines of Usain Bolt, right? Usain Bolt, if he lives in, America. Okay. And he's not from Jamaica. Um, and he's just a, a, a 14 year old black kid. That's six, four, 185 pounds. That is lightning quick. He's getting recruited to be a wide receiver or he's getting recruited to be a basketball player. That's it. There is no other, there, there's nobody else that's, that's going to be recruiting him for that. That's what his body profile fits into. Now, would you, some people, if he did do that, and he was born in America and doing that, would he have ever fully realized his potential of being the fastest man in the world if track is what they were doing in Jamaica and soccer? So I think it's a fine line you got to watch really carefully if you're specializing too early. What has happened and why they're specializing people too early is because once you've been able to build a facility indoors and create money um, in the seasons where normally kids will be doing other things, you're, 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 you are completely changing the development process in a young athlete. You see, you get what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. you don't want to, you don't want to necessarily specialize. I, I don't believe the best, the best hitters and baseball players that I've ever seen are all, most of them are all multi-sport athletes. Some of them didn't even start playing baseball till they were 12, 13 years old. Um, there were guys that understand how their skill set adds value. Um, you know, when if you take away that learning process, first of all, the biggest thing, like we'll go back to the whole Jay-Z thing that we were talking about earlier. If Jay-Z, you are a baseball player, that's what we're going to spend our days and nights working on from the time you're this. And, and his body didn't move like a baseball player. Um, and But he, it, 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 what, what you're doing is, 
you think you're getting ahead in baseball when his true calling, which is to be the best rapper of all time because he, he knows how to create these rhymes in his head, you're falling behind in that area because you're not letting him go out and compete in what he's doing. When, when you find a passion for something, when you have the, the first step to mastery of anything is having a knack for something. You have to have, there, there has to be a knack for it as a young kid. And it's not only because of, I don't believe you're just born and destined to do something. Skills can be acquired, right? Skills can be acquired by working on them. But if you take away a young kid's ability to find out where he fits in and what he loves doing, how much practice he's going to do is going to be determined by how much he loves what he's doing. I don't know mm-hmm. if that makes sense. So, yeah. so you really, yeah, that, that's what, that's how I feel. So like at what point then, especially looking at kids as they're growing older, what point do you think they should start to specialize once they've really kind of identified that knack and that passion and know they're good at something? Well, that's the, that's the good thing about what we have with data and metrics nowadays. There's clear mm-hmm. numbers that indicate based on speed, arm strength, um, foot speed, uh, size, um, that, that, that would, that would indicate that a kid is projectable to the next level of baseball. So, um, once the numbers indicate that you're 60 time, let's just say, you know, most division one college baseball players, they, uh, that, that are, let's say corner infielders, third or first base, they're generally anywhere between a 7.0 to 7.2 60 time catchers too. They're about six, nine to seven, one. Generally, there's a couple of guys that are a tenth of a second faster, and and you could be a little bit slower if you hit balls, if you crush baseballs. But once it indicates that you can actually perform from a speed um, aspect of the game, meaning like you can keep up with the speed of the game based on how fast you move and how well you move, that would dictate you might want to start um, doing that because we. You know, I've had mo- I've had a lot of kids that you know I-, I recommend they play basketball, football, baseball, do it all, right? And then you get to a point where w- once the kid finds out he-, he may like one of those more than the next. Generally speaking, most humans they end up gravitating towards things that people clap when they watch them do that, right? But when when people give you accolades and make you feel good, you generally start to do those things that make that you do well. You know what I mean? A, a guy that a guy that's a monster piano player doesn't just all of a sudden say, I'm going to start playing the guitar. If he's already getting looks from Juilliard music and, and Carnegie Hall and stuff like that, they just they, 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 they know what they're good at. They own it and, and they and they uh, and they enjoy people, you know, uh, praising them for, the, for, for what they do. Um, you know, that's just a human emotion. So I, I think, you know, when you when you get to a point, let's just say. If you are five foot eleven, six foot, and you know you and you're you're not a you know some crazy lights out point guard that can outrun everybody and has better ball handling skills than everybody in the world, you're it's probably not basketball playing at a high level in basketball is probably not going to pan out based on again like we talked about identifying profiles, physical profiles and athletes. Right. Like like most it's crazy the way that body profiles fit into sports. If you look, they they have a a sport for literally every single profile of a body, including obese people. You can look at sumo wrestling like there's not there's They made a sport for people that weigh 400 pounds. Right. Um, There's in China and China. um, 
you know, it's all physics. Like people that a lot of Chinese and Asian people are shorter in stature, meaning when it comes to physics, they can rotate faster in the air than a person that is taller. It's just physics. So, so, so they can keep a tight, you know, uh, somebody that's shorter. You don't see gymnastics, gymnasts that, that are trying to do, you know, triple flips that, that are six, five, you know what I mean? It just, it's just, it's not, it's not optimum. Right. Mm-hmm. So, so it with baseball, if, if, if a college and what, this is what I do mostly with the recruiting process is I figure out, you know, where, if once a kid shows those numbers of speed and, and, and strength and, 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 and arm strength and all that, bat speed and all that stuff that they can actually compete at the next level, we start finding out the little things like they need to look more physical in a uniform. Um, they, they, their, their mass, their, their body mass index, they, they need to look at them more, more, they need to be more durable, um, to be able to withstand the type of training that they put you in through in college at, at a high level. Um, how many games you're playing, uh, the, the workload that you're putting in. So now in order to stand out, we have to work on putting on a little more mass, smart weight, not weight that makes you slower in your speed, uh, foot speed, but smart weight. And so that, that's when we start eliminating things like basketball in the winter that are burning a, a ton of calories. I mean, organized stuff. Now, if you can, if you can maintain enough calorie input and play basketball great it's just that a lot of kids at that age have a a very very difficult time putting on smart weight because their metabolism Mm -hmm. true and and i want to kind of jump back quickly to your baseball career so i know you said that going to the mlb and going to the show wasn't necessarily your dream but you did end up going to the next level and you played juco in california correct yeah i i actually you know, it was a point when I was about 17 years old and I had been sent away from, you know, I've been expelled from school multiple times. Um, I was I was sent away to, you know, to, to a to a juvenile hall for like nine months. Just just basically hanging out with 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 people with no had no direction or no goals and, and, and just following what I saw. And I, my uncle had my uncle lived in redwood city in the bay area uh uh, close to this place he said hey you know you're not doing anything really over there you might as well come out here you can live with me go to a juco here walk on see you may i walked on i made the team and um i ended up transferring to san jose state the year after that and it was a it was a it was a it was a good baseball experience for me i ended up playing a few years of independent baseball just for fun again a, a lot of the stuff that we have now when you have no direction Kids have so much direction and so much guidance. Now it's like they, 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 you put, you get put on a path where even though you, you can mess up, obviously anybody can deviate off the path, but when you lay it out for somebody and at least they know it, it's, it's similar to, you know, um, if you're the first person of, of your, in your family that went to college, right? Jacob, if you're the first person that ever went to college, your parents, your grandparents, nobody did that before. When it comes time to submit your, 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 your application, take your SATs, um, figure out that whole process as far as finding a college. If nobody shows you what to do, a lot of people are, are either embarrassed to ask for help or they just don't. They just go, well, I don't know how to do it. Nobody's shown me how to do it. So I guess I just get a job, right? I mean, what's, what's, what, what, what else do I do? So it's, it's very, you know, some of the best coaches that I've found, they're not necessarily big leaders. Um, and the reason why, one of two reasons, I believe, is that when when 
you're somebody that hasn't reached the highest pinnacle of 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 a, of a goal that or, or of a sport that you had. Now looking back on it, when you can see the mistakes you made, and you go, "Wait a second, right here at this point, I went left, and I should have went right." I, this is the clear point. I, I I went back and I looked at it and I said, "Man, th- this was where I." Well, all I'm trying to do is take that next kid at that age and get him a little bit past where I went left and put him on the right, put him on the right turn and let the next guy, whoever I'm passing him off to, I want to keep my, my player's imagination intact and I want to keep his love of the game intact. So in my opinion, if a player that I've coached has left my guy, my coaching experience, my base, his, his experience with me. And he does not absolutely love the game of baseball if he's not in love with it and his imagination is not intact that I've failed him as a coach. That's my, my opinion of how I base, um, you know, um, what I'm doing as a coach. I'm looking for more player feedback than I am for other coaches feedback. I think a lot of coaches, um, they strive for other coaches to give them a nod and say like, yep, that's the right way to do it. I, I'm not interested. And what other coaches think about my training methods. I'm not interested in what other coaches think of. I used to be. I'm not saying that I wasn't at one point, but I found out that since I'm not coaching coaches, I'm coaching players. I'm, I'm more interested in my player feedback. Are, are they, are they passionate about what they're doing? Do they wake up every day? What keeps them going? What, why, what's the, keeps them motivated? Um, what keeps them practicing when other guys aren't practicing? How can I make practice the most fun for a kid? Um, those are the type of things that I focus on. So. If, if, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. No, it does make sense. And then when it comes to trying to figure out what makes like what, how to best motivate a team and making sure it stays fun. Is that kind of a case by case basis? So you have to kind of learn each kid individually and figure them out on a one-to-one basis. Or do you have kind of like a, a wide approach that works for most kids? Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's exactly what you said. That's what makes the elite coach. In my opinion, it's, it's, it's understanding what buttons to press on individual guys, there are there are kids that respond better to uh, the hug, and there are guys that respond better to a, a, a scream. You know, um, I I'm not a screamer in general, but I my my philosophy is like, you know, how much fun we have is completely determined by how much effort you're giving me. You know, uh, baseball can be a lot of fun, I'm, but but nobody is nobody goes goes out there to play to lose. So if you are competing and you are um, if if a guy is competing and, and giving his best effort, I'm going to be a lot more willing to work with him. And, and even if he's not a first rounder, he's going to be a big league um, adapting to each player. And when you think about teachers and we'll go back to, you know, school and, and things like that. Um, my favorite class in school it might not have even been my favorite subject. Um, I had an English teacher that was wild. He was, he was, he was like completely engaging, um, very interesting. He talked about new stuff every day. He had this different perspective. You could tell he loved all this poetry and all this other stuff, even though I wasn't in love with it. The way that he taught it made me look at it differently. So, but here's the thing that takes work and that takes effort. And it's much easier to put a blanket approach to teaching, meaning there are teachers obviously that are have that you've taken their class and it's just this like monotone. Everything sounds the same. Just deliver the information. Here's your syllabus. Go do it. Go do it. That's it. And, and, and there, the interaction, um, between the coach and players is big. I mean, I'm, I, I, 
I think the communication, the art of communication to individual people has been lost. And, and when you're talking about adapting to individuals, what a lot of coaches don't understand is that from simply a learning, from simply a learning perspective, humans, some are visual learners and some are audio learners. Not everybody. So me, for instance, I know I'm an audio learner. I have ADHD. Um, I have ADD. I still have it. I don't take any medicine for it. My mother never let them give me medicine for it. And I, and I, I suffered in school because I, I knew I shouldn't be just talking and blurting out an answer, but I just did it. Um, you know, I can't look at something. I can't look at a guy doing something and then just look at it and then just do it myself. I, I, I'm, I work better if somebody is talking me through it and they say, no, 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 this is what it is. Like what we're doing right now is better for me. I'm more audio. There are certain kids that are more visual. They would, they rather would read and they don't want to listen to outside noise, right? They just want to be able to focus on what they're doing. But if you take a kid that is a great baseball player, but he has ADD and you don't adapt to that kid, you're going to end up getting very, I'm going to end up getting very frustrated because when I want his eye contact and he's kind of, you know, scanning different things and his eyes are not locked on, you know, coaches think it's a sign of disrespect. The kid might not be disrespecting you at all. You might just have a, a legitimate, uh, like, like attention deficit, meaning he's not trying to disrespect you, but you're going to end up embarrassing him in front of everybody and tell him to go run until his legs stop working because of something, a misinter a miscommunication. The only way that I know that that kid has ADD is if he tells me, is if I have an open line of communication with him and he trusts me. So the number one step to coaching, and then this is my opinion again, and I'm, I could be wrong for me. The number one step to coaching is trust, building trust with a player. If I don't have your trust, Jacob, and I'm trying to tell you something, you're, you, you are, you might listen a little bit. You're not going to listen as well as if you and I have a, a relationship where you know unequivocally, without a doubt, that I have your best interest in mind. That's the same reason why when, when you have a, when you have a business, um, you don't just take recommendations from people off the street. Hey, Jacob, I think you should run your podcast this way. What do you mean? Who are you? Uh, I'm just another guy that does a podcast. Okay. Well, you know, that's not saying, I mean, now if the kid, you've known him for five years and, and you've been sharing information back and forth with him and you know that he wants you to succeed in your podcast, you're going to take his suggestion a little bit differently. Correct. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? That's yeah. Pretty much how I think about it. Yeah, no, that's fair. And I wanted to ask you too, Coach. So after you finished playing independent ball for a little bit, you went back to New York, right? Mm-hmm. And I have written down here, I wrote down a quote. I can't remember where I heard you say it might have been another podcast or an interview or something. And you said you were kind of chasing money at the time. You were doing different things like club promotions. Talk to me yep. about the mindset you had then because I feel like that's kind of a mindset of a lot of kids when they're on social media. They're looking for the fast cash, the quickest way to get rich or get famous. So like, talk to me about what your mindset was like at that point and how you kind of shifted your mindset out of that. Well, um, it, it's it was it, it basically I think all of my – all of that chasing money stuff, it, it stemmed from how I grew up. Since I didn't have any money, I was looking at things in a way where, um, you know, anything shiny, a, a new pair of Jordans, uh, a new car, a gold chain, um, clothes, anything like that to fill that void of, 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 of what I, I thought what was made people smile. I thought what made, made people smile was, was having a lot of things. Um, what I learned later on 
was that I was living out of scarcity. So um, there's some there's a lot of stuff you can read on abundance, living out of abundance or living out of scarcity. But there is two different um, general mindsets that people have. And when I start and, 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 and how you can determine if you're living out of scarcity or if you're living out of abundance, um, there's definitely definite classifications. And it's not just one way or the other way. We can move in and out of these zones you know, from day to day or even hour to hour. But when I'm living out of abundance, it's saying that I'm not afraid to give of information. I want to, I want to give it. I, I'm, I'm okay with giving everything away, giving, 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 because I have an open mind to learning new, more new things. Um, so if I have a drill and a lot of people, if I'm working with a drill, a lot of guys, a lot of coaches think I need to keep this drill for myself. Because if somebody else steals my drill, that's my drill. I created it. When in reality, when you give it away for free and you live out of abundance and you say, I'll just learn more. I'll learn another drill. I don't know. Drill is just a drill. You start to be more open-minded and learn more things. When, when I'm living out of abundance, I want to network with like-minded individuals. If I'm living out um, uh, it's very hard for people to, it's very hard to build rapport and build trust with people. You don't trust anybody. People that live out of scarcity, it's very hard for them to build trust with, or build rapport with people. They also, it, it's never enough. When I'm living out of scarcity, it's never enough. I always need more. I always need, you know, I'm always worried about my next paycheck, my next bill. Um, where's my money coming from? It's never enough. And, and, and with, when I'm living out of abundance, Dude, my cup is running over. I can keep giving away and, 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 and it's not, but it's much easier said than done. But I feel like the main thing, when I started working with young baseball players and I stopped working at promoting nightclubs, mortgage financing, uh, real estate, all these other jobs where you're, you're just basically chasing money, right? And, and, and every month you start over and you're at a brand new slate. Like nothing you did mattered at all. Baseball coaching young, young athletes, it gave me like residual benefits where kids that I coached when they were in ninth grade, eighth grade, when they were just knee high to a grasshopper, those guys are at Vanderbilt and NC state and they're in, in the pros, right? They're, they're in professional baseball right now. And when, uh, uh, when, when Christmas or Hanukkah or, or, or new year's or anything comes around, and I get calls from those guys. It, it's, it proves that it's not, it's not a, it's not something that just restarts every month where you, you're, you're just chasing money again. It's, it is, it's a whole different um, mode of living, but you do find yourself. It, it's easy to fall back into living out of scarcity, right? Because, because that's generally what society wants you to do. Um, you know, it, it's, it's, it's much harder to wake up every day and say, who am I going to help today? Literally, like, who am I going to help? It could be my mom. Could be my dad. It doesn't necessarily have to be. You don't have to be in a workplace or or, or even a baseball field. You know, when 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 you when you when I tell my kid, I tell my guys all the time, try getting up in the morning and thinking about instead of where's my breakfast and where's my 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 uh you know my my pop tart my cereal mom that they they set up for me every day. Where's where's my bag? Think about going up to your mom and saying, what can I do for you this morning? Try to make her breakfast one morning and see. How what you what kind of reaction you get out of her and see how you feel if you feel any different walking out of your house to school and if your day goes any differently based on that one thing you did different and a lot of kids they, they don't get it and then after this and then and then they do something like that and the mom gives them a huge hug 
and and says and 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 and, and you know gives him a kiss. <laughs> I don't know if you're gonna be able to duplicate that feeling, you know, by by just taking from people. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I totally get what you mean. And was it ultimately was it like was it that abundance mindset of wanting to share and share everything you know with other people? Is that what led you on to Instagram in the first place? Yes, absolutely. I got I I, I got tired of of all my relationships being transactional instead of transformational meaning i have something i have a product you have money give me your money i give you the product and we're and shake hands and we're on to the next i i i i just got tired of doing that and i and 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 so when you start living transformational relationships they may start with a transaction they could start like that but there are a lot more. It ends up being something that, that, that pays dividends a lot later. It's, 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 um, it's things that are, that are way more valuable and long lasting than, you know, an exchange of money for goods and services. So I think that's, that's really what it did. And so when I got on Instagram, it was, I wasn't really worried about what other coaches were doing. I was just trying to entertain players and trying to give that feeling, um, to a player where, that I had, and I didn't know how to do it necessarily, but I figured um, a mix of music, which which I um, which I grew up listening to, music makes me feel good. I feel like that's a good way to connect people. Um, the music has a fun, a cool way of connecting people, um, and also not necessarily trying to. Uh, I didn't design the page as how it turned out today, just so you know, like it wasn't a, I didn't strategically sit down and say, I'm going to make a baseball, a baseball page. That's going to, you know, be the, the biggest amateur coaching. Or be, that's actually the biggest coach following, I think in the world. I, I, I was wow. looking around Well, I was looking around to see, first of all, there's no pro coaches and managers. They don't really have Instagram. You can look around and find, I, I've been looking to see if like any of these guys, AJ Hinch or, or, or Joe Girardi or Joe Torrey or, or any of these guys have have um have Instagram pages. A lot of them don't, and I just feel like probably most of the reason why is because they're again living at a, not at a scarcity, but they don't want to make a mistake. They don't want to say something wrong, so they just don't say anything at all. Where when when in reality, we need these guys to share their information. We need we need more information from high level guys to, to young guys. If you took if 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 the, if, the, if major if MLB started they mandated they put something down in people, players contracts that said if you make it to the big leagues the highest level the minimum salary that's thirty nine hundred dollars a day or whatever it is right and you get to reap the rewards of what, what what we've created here whatever it is the only thing that we are mandating is that when you're finished you need to give one year back to your local little league wherever it is and help with practice every day or run a team or something like that and give your, pass your information down. Think about how many, number one, how many kids, more kids would be engaged with a guy that's a, a major leaguer, right? A big leaguer that's, a, that, that, that's, that's after practice. Think about how many more dads would be educated and how many kids would be educated as far as what they're, what they're doing, what gave them success. And, and, and now you create a lot more. Now kids are excited about going to Little League because whoever their the, the 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 big leaguer was in their town or or city is now you know coaching you know what i mean it, 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 it but but i don't i don't think a lot of guys get to that point they're they're already comfortable with making the money they did they achieved what they needed to do and they start families and and i get all that you know i get all that it's not 
it's hard to do something like that. But I'm just saying in a, in a, in a philosophical sense, theoretically, it, w- it would help out a lot. No, for sure. And then, and did you, when, like you said, when you started, you didn't really have a plan for your Instagram. Did you expect it to grow the way it has where you're sitting at over 130,000 followers now and one of the most, if not the most followed coach on Instagram? Yeah. I mean, no, I don't think, I don't, I, I didn't have any idea of that at all. What it was, um, first of all, I didn't even create the page. My shortstop created it. So what happened was, <laughs> it was just, he was a 14-year-old kid created Coach Ferber's Instagram page. Um, his name was Ben Greenspawn. Um, I would I had been working with him since he was 10 years old, um, off the field and on the field. And we were playing um, on a team at the time that had players that were spread out over seven different states. So it was a travel team, um, but but it, it, it had, we had players from New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, um, Maryland, Virginia, uh, and Connecticut or something. There was like six or seven states of kids. So what happens is you get a lot of really good players because you're picking from a wide area, but you're you're not able to practice, which is one of the key things that you need. We we had to run all of our practices individually where we were communicating through either Skype or webinars. Like we would have pitch a pitching our pitching coach would get on with all the pitchers and go through all their long toss progressions and 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 what their throwing programs were and then everybody would have to go do that and execute the, the, uh, themselves we needed guys that were self-motivated and that's all good you can train by yourself and, and really get good results and mix in with your high school practices and do that uh, you 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 can become uh, um um physically you don't necessarily need to train in a group but practicing situational stuff um you know pickoff plays timing plays this kind of stuff it takes a bunch of people coming together we just didn't have the luxury of we couldn't have a kid from maryland drive three and a half hours to, to practice for two hours it just doesn't make sense so we had to get creative so we started with skype i started actually i put on a group text i said look for all the hitters just the same videos that you see that I put up on Instagram, front toss or, or t, t, t swings. I just said, okay, I'm, I'm making a, a group text. I want all you guys to comment one thing that you would, you would, uh, suggest and also one thing you'd like about the guy's swing. I'm going to write down on his name, uh, where he's from, you know, what position he plays, what school he goes to, you know, his favorite subject in school. Now I want you to go reach out to him on the side and figure out who your teammate is so that when we get out to competition, I don't want guys going in. What's your name again? You know, that's not optimum for winning games. So we did that and it worked for about a week. And then everybody started saying like, coach, I can't wake up with 32 texts on this group text. It's driving me crazy. <laughs> I don't want, I can't please. They're like, please, please. I don't, I don't want to do this anymore. It's so frustrating. And I'm like, I'm like, well, I'm sorry, guys. I don't know any other place to do it. And then Ben, who was working, said, coach, why don't we just put, put it on Instagram and then everybody's on there. We'll just put the team on there. Everybody can just look at whatever point in the day that they're, that they get off school. They have free. They don't have to be flooded with texts. I was like, nah, man, I'm not, I'm not. I'm not opening an Instagram page. Like I, I hate Facebook. I'm not, I don't even like Facebook. Why would I, I don't even have a Facebook. Why would I get on Instagram? He's like, coach, he's like, everybody's on there. I'm telling you, it's exactly what you're trying to do. That's what it is. You might as well. I told him no for like two months. Then one day we were hitting, we were taking BP and my phone was literally on the ground. We were videoing some stuff and he just took my phone while I was throwing to another guy. And he just basically opened the account. He made me, went to Instagram, downloaded it. And made it Coach Ferber, written exactly the same way as, as it is right now. Never changed it. And, uh, and he said, all right, Coach, come here for a second. He said, look, I just made you an account. I said, okay. He says, this is what you do. You just go in your library here. You take this picture. You press post. 
you know, you go to caption, you write whatever you want here and just press post and that's it. That's it. So I did it once, figured out we had 14 guys on, 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 on that, on, on my Instagram account. It was just my team. 14 players on my team was how it started. Um, and, and that's that we, when we were going back and forth, we, I started to, I started to, because I would start, I would make them, I saw them laughing at certain things. I started nicknaming some of the guys, right. As I was putting in there and some of the guys were, were, were sending back the laughing emojis and it was a cool way that we could communicate, but I didn't have to be on the phone with them. And, and, and we had this little thing going. And then uh, one day Ben came up with this music app and he said, Hey, look, you can put music behind this stuff. Check this out. I was like, oh, that's cool. I was like, man, that music is trash. Let me put some some Jay Z or some some Biggie or some some something on there. That's actually pretty good. And so, you know, once I did the music thing, then I think other kids, uh, other baseball players, just kind of saw what was going on and was like, wait a second, like this guy's actually a grown man. Like he's an actual coach, and he's and he's making mixtapes for young kids and making them laugh and calling Nick calling them crazy nicknames. Like that, that that's kind of that's different. You know what I mean? So it was based. Completely off entertainment value. It wasn't based on instruction, really. It was based off building relationships. It was based off. Um, it was. It's. It. That's why it says in the bio, meant for players. This is my art, meant for players. Right. I hope you enjoy it. It's not a lot of coaches. I think get on there and they and they start trying to troll and 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 say different things, but they don't get it. A lot of adults, when they when they comment on there, they don't get it because it's not meant for them. If that makes sense. So they'll get on there and they'll go. You can't do this. You can't teach that. Or this is wrong and this and that. And I'm just like, guys, you don't, you're, you don't understand. You're not understanding what's going on here because it's not meant for you. And I'll tell people that like this, they'll go, well, you don't want to follow it. No, I, I don't. If it's not meant for players. Now, if anybody else wants to follow on, they're welcome to, but that's why not why I'm doing it. And that's the same reason for, you know, sometimes if you notice that like the hip hop music these days and the stuff that I put on there, there's some curse words in there. Right. There's yeah. curse words. I'm not, it's not like I'm a fan of the curse words, but I will tell you is that it costs money to download the edited versions. I'm not paying money of my own money to put out free information. I'm not going to pay for it. I, I don't mind spending an hour of my time, two hours of my time creating a, 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 a mixtape for a kid to make them feel good. But I can't I'm paying for that's a little bit much. And, and I've had guys, you know, get on from Texas or something and they'll be like, Hey coach, like I got an eight year old here and, and, and he really, he really, we really love your information, but I just can't have him listening to like, you know, the N word or, or, or your guys dropping F bombs. And I said, Hey man, I respect it. He goes, can you please change it? Can you switch the music? And, and, and even my wife has said to me multiple, you know how wives are to be like, Hey, that's a little aggressive for like young kids. You know? <laughs> right. Jason. Yeah. Yeah. You're, that's a little aggressive. And I'm like, I respect it. Right. I respect, I respect it. Um, the problem is, and I would go back and forth and say, should I put some different stuff on there? Should I put, it's for the players. I have to keep on going back to, I think when people get to a certain number of followers, nobody was saying that stuff when there was 25 followers on there. Nobody cared what I was doing. When it was just my team, nobody cared. As soon as it got to a point where somewhere along the line, where a certain number of followers dictated that I, that people they viewed me differently. I don't know why they did. I haven't changed. I just, happening there just kids happen to like or, or people like watching videos of mine they, they, i haven't changed as a person i don't treat people any differently um but you know th they started coming out of the woodwork saying you should do this and you should do that and you should looking for the negatives again instead of looking for similarities that's why that's why it's meant for players players generally look for similarities adults that have been jaded 
and gone through life look for differences in people. That's what happens. And coaches are part of those guys when they become adults. If they're too too much older, they start looking for differences rather than similarities. And, you know, I've, I've told people I would love to, you know, uh, if, if I changed, like, if it's for the player and, and I, I don't stay genuine to what it is, like, my guys like listening to hip-hop music. That's what they like. If I start putting country music on there, like, kids going to be like, wait a second, like, you're not even... Like, bro, you're from Brooklyn. You don't even, you don't know nothing about, uh, you know, God Brooks or Johnny, Johnny Cash. You don't know nothing about that. You're a phony and you'll become a phony like everybody else that basically, um, succumbs to, um, corporate America and, and does and, 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 and has to go, well, I'm running, I wasn't following. Now I'm running a business, right? So now I'm running a business. I have to be applied. All these new rules apply to me. Not to me. I'm, it's not for scouts. It's not for coaches. The page is there. Literally to highlight young and, and and give them a place where they can feel good. If, if something is messed up at school, they have a problem with a girlfriend. They lost their girl. Their their their, their girlfriend is now dating the quarterback of the football team, and then and, and and they feel completely shattered. You know, now maybe I can go back to Coach Ferber's page, and I have a video of me from you know six months ago. I'll look at that, and make myself feel better. That's okay. I, I, I I'm fine to do it just for that reason. Has I know at the beginning you said that there wasn't really like a a plan or a strategy behind it, but has that changed at all? Do you have a plan or a strategy behind the videos you post now? Or are you still just kind of doing what you're doing when you started back in 2015? Now it's a little bit more. Um, it used to be completely based on just player profiles and who the guy was and stuff. I feel like I've been able to expand it a little bit more into giving some instruction through entertainment, um, like. These days, kids, you, you know, you, you got to grab their attention, even though some people don't. A lot of coaches, when they're at practice, they don't feel like they have to grab a kid's attention. Hey, you're on my time now. Right. Like you're here to do, you're 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 here to do what I say to do. This is my time. So you're going to do exactly. That's the way a lot of coaches approach practice and baseball in general. What they don't realize is that on Instagram, those kids are no longer on their time anymore. They think that what they say on Instagram People should actually stop and listen to what they say. They don't realize that nobody cares. The, 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 including myself. Other than if you're, if you're able to find a way to get them to stop, right? Scrolling. That's the, that's the key. How do I get, how am I getting somebody to stop moving their thumb down and just skipping over stuff? It has to be something that they, they connect with and they relate to. So, so I, I that's why I said, earlier too coaches constantly overvalue information and they undervalue motivation you don't need to know everything about baseball to be a great coach you just need to have the the people skills to be able to build a strong relationship because here's the key even if i don't know everything about baseball which i don't i don't even know 10 percent about baseball and i focus more on how to build relationships with young athletes I got really good. I don't know if we were talking before. I got really good at surrounding myself with people that are smarter than I am. My wife has a master's degree in business. I don't. I have friends that are that are doctors. I have friends that are actual movement specialists. I have friends that are doctors in in, in training um, speed guys. I have guys. I have guys that are, are nutritionists that know. I don't know all these different things to be able to create a solid athlete. But if I create the trust, the athlete he's going to know that if I point him in that direction. He's going to get help from that guy. And he knows that if I don't know the answer to a question, I'm going to tell him I don't know. 
That's very hard for a lot of coaches to do because they feel insecure. If they don't know the answer about something has to do with something hitting a ball, let's just say, you know, put it this way. If I've, if I've only seen 92 miles an hour from a pitcher, that's the, that's the max I've ever seen. I haven't seen 93 or 94, right? If that's the max that I've ever seen from a pitcher, then when it comes to guys hitting 97, 98, 99, how am I supposed to, how am I supposed to, um, other than having other people's feedback, how am I supposed to actually speak with any kind of confidence about what that's going to, do you see what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. like if, 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 put it this way, put it this way. My, my, my friend went to, um, he was having a, him and his wife were having a baby. They went to this Le Mans class, right? Where the, there's the, the, the lady there is like a coach for the women to have a baby. Right. This is what they're they're telling them, what they're going to feel, what they're going to expect, how they're going to, you know, you know, you know what to expect and, and how to deal with this situation. Similar to what hitting coaches do for hitters. Right. And, and, and after about three or four sessions, my my friend went up to the lady at the front that was telling everybody what they were going to feel when they had these contractions and all this other stuff. And said, and said, I just want to so how, how many children do you have? And she said, I don't have any children. And he said. Well, he was confused and was like, well, how can you, how can you tell my wife what she's going to feel if you've never felt it before? And she was like, well, she was like, I, I went to college and I, I read it, you know, in books and studying. I'm, I'm a, I'm a doctor in, in this field. And he's like, well, that's all well and good, but I still would rather deal with someone that has experienced the exact feeling. So they're, they're more life experience is the number one teacher. Is the number one is the number one biggest tool I believe in life. Business people that are are business majors that doesn't. I will take a kid. Put it this way. I will take a kid that was selling lemonade on the street at nine years old, and he had his own lemonade stand. And then he also in the wintertime had a business of shoveling snow for his neighbors, and he would shovel them all for ten dollars a block. And then he went on to selling uh, bubble gum and baseball cards in, in, in school and training with other kids. I'll take that kid. If I'm starting a business now in my life right now at this point, I will take that kid rather than a person that just got out of school that has a business master's degree. That's me. Everybody else is different. I believe that the people skills that, that are that come with it, you can't teach those people skills in college. You, 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 you're, you, it's, a, it's a completely different um method of teaching you can have a better understanding now here's the thing you can have a better understanding of how you know profit loss margins work how to get trademark how to start an llc what do you need to do what do you need to do to submit documents to to the government and 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 get your business running but that still doesn't dictate you running a business that you need that that's why i'm saying it takes a team of people to create something really, really good. You can't, it's almost impossible to do something like that by yourself. So as coaches, instead of me saying, I know it all, I have no issue saying, I don't know, but here's the key. Here's the key. I will, I will find out for you. I will ask around and I will track down that information and I will come back to you with real information, not just me spitting something out of, off of, I saw something on YouTube or I heard somebody else say it. You know what I mean? And, and that's the key for me is, is being able to understand that I don't know everything and be and and and, and living like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I couldn't agree more. That's extremely important to be able to have that humility to admit the fact that you don't know the answer. 
And you mentioned earlier too how like guys will go back and they'll look at a video of that you've posted on your account of them. Does that ever not necessarily become a distraction, but do, are guys aware when you're recording a video and now they feel like they have to look extra good when you're recording a video because they know it's going to get posted on Instagram? Um, it depends. I think certain people, I think at first, I think at first my guys used to, at first they used to kind of put on a show for the camera a little bit more and, uh, and then they got more comfortable like anything else. Um, it got comfortable. And, and I've thought about that before. And then, and then I, I, I've only, I've almost got into the mode now where, um, where people go, Oh, put your phone down, put your phone down, put your phone down. Like if my, if my players are mature enough, to be able to, I have my guys filming with their iPhones in the dugout while we're playing. These kids are ninth graders. I have them filming the other team's pictures. Um, I, 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 and the reason I want them to film it, and I have, I have one guy filming it with his iPhone in the dugout. One of the other, one of our pitchers is not playing. And I have another pitcher that is, um, timing it, which is <clears throat> from his leg lift to from the time he comes set. Uh, to the time he picks off a runner, from the time he comes set, to the time he delivers a baseball to home, from the time that he lifts his leg when the ball's at home plate, um, and 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 it's they've been extremely helpful because they're using the technology in a way that's beneficial to us, so we can get better base running reads and we can see if the guy's going, you know, 1.5 seconds, 1.5 seconds, or a deep breath, he's holding for a deep breath and then going, holding for a deep breath and then picking off. Most kids have this age have super high levels of tells and you can pretty much steal bases. You can steal bases blindfolded at, at this age because catchers don't have really great moves and pitchers don't know how to hold runners on. So we're just learning to be able to, 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 to be able to stay locked in. Now, if the kid takes the phone and he starts messing around videoing kids in the dugout and he's on, and he's on the internet on Snapchat, that's different. That means that you're not ready for that yet. That means that you need to mature more. You guys aren't, you guys aren't in the, in, in, in the mindset yet. You're not going to have to do that. But I, I don't, I feel like trying to run away from technology or try to, try to, try to that's not the move. You, you know, me saying, you know, because number one, you're good. If, if you want to play this game at a high level, you're going to be on camera. Um, if you, if you, you're going to be on a lot of cameras, you're going to be on cameras that are, that are, have a thousand frames per second that, that, that are scanning every single move that your, that your body's doing and your, where your eyes and vision are and where your head is and how much posture and tilt you have and how much ground force you're producing. Um, you're not going to run away. You're not going to get away from that. It, it's helpful to people to be able to, to, to be able to, um, understand what positions their body's getting into that, that they can, they can see that and get, proof of this is what you did and this is the result of what you did um you know a lot of a lot of older people said i'm not getting on social media like for me like i don't need that trash okay but then when they finally do get on everybody eventually does because they go wait what is all this i feel now i'm like i feel like i'm in the 19th or the 18th century like when when they finally do get on it they see how far behind now in their mind and like shoot i'm so far behind i can't even catch up and it's and, and they don't even know where to start so i would just have to say keep again we always go back to this if i keep an open mind about new things you know i, I don't i'm not I, i'm not interested in trying to build a tiktok following but looks like that's my, my pretty much my next one's going to be because um 
I want to I want to be involved and see where kids are at, what they're doing, and, and if I want to be an effective baseball coach. And have you ever so use your your social platforms to be an effective baseball coach? Has the opportunity ever emerged for you to start monetizing, making money off your social media? Or is that something you kind of stay away from? Um, I have had opportunities to do it. I know models. Um, usually, I try to keep it in line with what what I'm doing. Um, models has paid me to Easton to um, they were rolling out a new Mako uh, beast, you know, bat, and they wanted some feedback. They wanted me to do a post with that um i've done some things with um with training tools that i felt were really effective i, I uh very very i try to be very selective in 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 uh in, in what i use but i'm not opposed to it mm-hmm. okay and then do you feel like so you've done a good job of building your personal brand on social media do you think players do a good job when it comes to building their brand on social media or could they be doing a better job at it um, some do. I think that they don't realize once you, once you put that post up, it's, it's, it's permanently on there. You definitely want to put a presence, a presence out there of, you know, one that suggests that, that you're a mature individual, like players, I don't feel should, would, should be posting the same, um, mixtapes. Let's just say that I am based on the fact that, uh, if the edited version is good, it's just that when you're a certain age, you know, you kind of have to, if you're, if you're, even though I don't, I don't particularly say, you know, it, I encourage kids to be different and be yourself. You know, there is a certain, if being yourself means I'm going to go to a job interview with my hair looking like I just combed it with a hand grenade and I don't brush my teeth and my, my shirt's not tucked in and I go to a job interview because, hey, man, that's just how I roll around all day. That's my style. That's okay. You can do it that way. It's just that you're probably not going to get the job. So, 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 <clears throat> uh, caring about, caring about how you look and what image you portray, even though some people say like, yeah, like you shouldn't care what other people think. No, I mean, if you don't care what other people think, you're probably going to end up in a, in a, in a, in a lot of trouble at some point or in jail. If you just live like that constantly, <laughs> I mean, you, you, certain things you're, 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 you, you, you kind of have to conform a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then I've been seeing these reports coming out that baseball as a whole is declining in popularity. Is that something you've seen from your experience? Um, yeah, um, it, it's 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 declining because the NBA and the NFL do a much better job with marketing, um, making their sport look fun. Um, uh, there is, uh, you know, it, just take a look at pregame of NBA or pregame of NFL. That's all you have to do. Just take a look at what, what's going on in pregame. There's guys that are dunking basketballs. There's guys that are shooting free throws. There's guys that are dribbling on the side. There's guys that are dancing, doing little Millie Rock dances and listening to headphones. Um, all different people doing different things. And, 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 and if you go to baseball, if you saw somebody doing that, if you see somebody doing that, um, coaches tend to say you're disrespecting the game. So kids get it, get this feel of <laughs> baseball. It's all business. It ain't fun. And and you know what? It is business to a certain degree. When you're out there and it's time to step on the field and, and go hard, you know, like I'm all about business, too. I'm, not, I'm one of the most competitive people that, that you're going to meet. It's just that different people compete in different ways. Like I would say some guys, they, they do better in a structured atmosphere. You got to find where, where you fit in most. And that's why it's so key to understand you know, before to how to build a relationship with a coach. If there's coaches, there's some coaches that have high energy. There's some coaches that are much more structured in their approach to what they're doing. But I would say, 
you know, being able to understand how to build a relationship with a coach, see how that how, how is going to make the transition from high school to college a lot easier, you know. Mm-hmm. And so what's next for you, coach? What do you got coming up? Well, we got uh, Evolution Pro Day, which is uh, one of the events that we're doing. We're actually doing it this Sunday. It's once a year. Um, we, we it's, a, it's an MLB scouted event. Um, a lot of different pro teams show up. We have all the top Division One committed guys in the area to get their uh, to get looks for for the draft. Um, so that's one 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 thing we're doing. That's a really cool. We bring current pros that have come through our program to come work um, in a team setting, be captains of the D one committed team. So those kids that thought they were really good, we bring current pros in to be captain of a team so they can tell, wait, that guy's only three years older than me, two years older than me. How much, how's he so much better? And so we, we kind of, we kind of have that aspect of it. We also have a uh, real ballers, uh, national teams, which is, uh, a a, 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 a travel team that's, that, 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 that I created just two teams. I'm not interested in making 50 teams or a hundred teams. I just want, uh, to be able to be out on the, on the field. It's good for my soul and, and mentally to be out coaching guys in the field. So I do that. Um, and uh i've been consulting uh, a lot with for for uh for different companies um different teams a lot of times a high school or another travel team will will, will come in and ask me to to streamline a practice plan for them um to, to kind of make it a little more efficient, a little more fun, give them some ideas that they can work off of so that they can be creative with and, and maybe find a variation of something that we do. Um, so I do, I do some consulting, but I also do some speaking engagements, which I, I, I enjoy to a certain degree, depending on the, sometimes they're a little nerve wracking when you're doing it in front of guys that are geniuses and, and, and super, super, you know, smart guys. But I feel like, uh, you know, I can, I can definitely help maybe not in, uh, in the book knowledge of, of a lot of stuff we're doing or the science to it, because I'm not a science guy, but when it comes to building relationships with young athletes, I can definitely give some, add some value and give some tips as to how I've, I've been able to do that. Um, and, and keeping a balance between work and fun. Um, you know, you know, I, I feel like I do have, um, uh, some helpful insight for, for, for other coaches. We do a lot of coaches clinics now. Uh, we started doing it for little leagues in the area. These are dads that, that, that are volunteers that a lot of people, um, tend to laugh at because they do, you know, crazy things. They coach in jeans on the field and they do all this other stuff and they, people ridicule them for the way that they teach, but, uh, they don't realize that these guys are making no money and they have families of their own and are doing it out of the goodness of their heart. And they, again, don't have the high level information that there's no reason why they would be able to teach a big league swing when they, nobody's giving them the information. They're just, you know, people just want to criticize. So we have started doing coaches clinics where we're just sharing information about what we're experiencing. Um, we have, you know, 25, 30 coaches at a time come in. Uh, we'll bring USA baseball, um, coach Ray, Chris Reyes from Staten Island, uh, and, and Greg Belson and those guys down there will be doing, um, just sharing topics, answering questions. Coaches have questions about certain drills. Should they be doing them? Should they not be doing them? Well, how to keep guys engaged, right? And not drifting. Um, how to keep practice moving along. Um, and so, 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 so we're, we're, we're basically starting at the younger ages rather than trying to focus on the guys that are already developed. Mm-hmm. Awesome. And what about long-term goals? Like, is trying to make it and be an MLB coach something you're going after? Like, what are you looking at long-term? Um, 
It's a good question. I believe that. I think that. Uh, it's a good question. Long term, I don't know. Maybe sitting on a sitting on an island somewhere with a, with, 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 with you with, with a Ferrari with a Ferrari and one of those drinks with the pineapple sipped on the pineapple juice with the umbrella in it. Maybe we could do something like that. No, I, I don't know, Jacob. I think I think I mean I've had offers to to, to coach in college. Um, it's just that 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 um, you don't make a lot of money doing that. When you start in college, it takes a while to make money. Uh, and that's probably good for a guy, probably good for a guy that can volunteer at first and work his way up and, and um, doesn't have, you know, a wife and, and, and that type of thing going on. So, 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 so um, that's a good question. I, I feel like what I really want to do long-term is I'm not looking to change the game. Uh, the game is perfect. Um, but I, 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 I do want to change the way that development, developing young athletes is, 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 is approached. So I, I feel like I might not have the answer, but I, I feel like I might have some ideas that a younger coach may grab onto and be able to really start a new trend on how to actually, um, how to develop baseball players and, and thinking outside the box and just different ways of, of doing it that, that keeps their imagination more intact, makes the experience in general a lot more fun and enjoyable. And again, going back to giving them that feeling of like, you know, um, something that makes them feel good about themselves. Mm -hmm. And then before we wrap up here, I have a couple standard questions that I ask everybody at the end of every interview. Okay. So the fir the first one being you're going to dinner. You can take three people. It can be anybody dead or alive. Who do you take to dinner? Anybody dead or alive? Yeah. Uh, well, if I don't take my wife, she's probably gonna divorce me. So I'll take my wife. <laughs> <laughs> just to keep just to get that out of the way, I would even say uh anybody dead or alive. Um, I'm gonna say Tupac Shakur. And I'm going to say uh, Michael Jordan. Okay. Uh, that'd be an interesting dinner. My, my wife, Michael Jordan, and Tupac Shakur. I think it would be, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what is some of the best advice you've ever gotten? Some of the best advice I ever got was to not take criticism from someone that I wouldn't take a suggestion from. Um, like don't value other people's criticism. I used to do that quite a bit. And, uh, and somehow I, I wouldn't take criticism. I won't take criticism like a lot of, and that's what you see on social media, you know, taking criticism from people. You have no idea who they are and actually validating and say, wait a second, this is just a random person. This might not, this guy might not even be, this might be a bot generated. Like we don't even know if this is a real person. And I'm actually letting this, this guy's typing in a keyboard affect my mind my mind about and, and affect my mood crazy crazy to think that 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 humans are programmed like that but that's for me it's 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 uh I, i'll take criticism from somebody that i respect their opinion and i'll take a suggestion from when you I also, I also, I also right. say don't don't confuse activity with an achievement meaning you know just because just because uh dan palumbo the guy says this all the time he's a philly scout you know, just because you you come back sweating doesn't mean you really accomplished anything. Um, does you know? It, just because you 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 got blisters on your hands from swinging a bat 
doesn't necessarily mean you did anything. You, you could have just practiced being really bad, you know? Mm-hmm. So, so, so you got, so you got to really dig a little deeper. It's not just about work. It's about, um, the quality of the work. Mm-hmm. I completely agree. When your alarm goes off in the morning, what motivates you to get out of bed? Man, I don't even use an alarm. I, my, 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 my brain is, is dialed, Jacob. I'm, 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 I swear to you, I get up at 6.30 every morning, like clockwork, almost like, with, I mean, without an alarm, like literally, I, I don't know why it's like that. And maybe the way the sun comes in to hit my window, I don't know what it is, but it's about 6.30, 6.31. Uh, you know, my wife gets ready, I go off to work, and then sometimes I'll lay back down with my dog for a half hour and, and pet him a little bit. And then I go, so my, I usually, most of my thoughts are in the morning, though, when I'm thinking that I, I, I do, my mind does uh, usually have the most thoughts in the morning. Some people are nighttime thinkers. I'm, I'm more of a morning guy. What's one thing about you people wouldn't expect? One people, one thing that people wouldn't expect. Mm-hmm. Um, I love fish. I love fishing. I don't know if people would. I don't know if people would expect. I mean, I really love it. If I'm not on a baseball field, I would be fishing for fishing, deep sea fishing. Um, one other thing that people wouldn't expect is that uh, they wouldn't expect probably how much pain or suffering that I've been through in my life based on what my personality is like at this point. You know, I, I suffered so much growing up and been in so many bad, terrible situations that now I, I live in this perpetual state of gratitude. Like every day, I'm like so grateful to just not be in the, in the predicament that I grew up in and how that is. That and, and there's no way of people knowing that because they weren't there and they didn't see it, you know, how much turmoil and stuff that there was going on. Yeah. So, so they just see, they just see Instagram stories and me clowning around and laughing and say, well, why is this guy like that? Why, why is he, why is his personality like that? Like he's just happy go lucky most of the time laughing and joking because, well, the guy went through so much pain that, 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 you know, now every day is like, like a brand new opportunity and just like, you know, I'm just grateful to have the opportunity rather than be in the situation of being rich or how, what have you. Mm-hmm. That's the best. It's a good mindset to have. What's one thing that's so important everybody needs to know? One thing that's so important in life. Yeah. One thing that's so important that everybody needs to know. Hmm, that's a really good question. One thing I try to take these really, really. I'm not just spit something out, but kind of really think about that. One thing that's mm-hmm. so important that everybody needs to know is that. Uh, um. I believe that, you know, what we view as, as good in quotation marks or bad, um, is completely based on perspective. Um, so, I mean, I, it, 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 it's, it's like saying, you know, if I go to the, if I go, if, if I have to go to get on a plane and I miss my plane by five minutes, is that good or is it bad? Well, it's bad, right? I mean, if that plane goes down in a fiery vein and there's an engine problem with that plane and it crashes, then that was good. You know what I mean? Like if 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 I if I win the lottery, that's good. I, I got millions of dollars. If that causes me to start drinking and gambling and blowing my money and and, and overdosing on alcohol or something crazy, then that's bad. You know, like there there is no such thing as good or bad in my opinion. It's about um, understanding how I'm viewing things, you know, like for me, if I can change my perspective on, on, on the way that I view life, I win. 
If I can find beauty in the struggle, when if 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 if, if um you know so 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 I guess what I mean to say is that if 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 I can change my perspective of how I view life, I can really I can really shine. And that, that that's that's the way that I that's the way that I look at it. Um, and um, you know, just like if if somebody if if you if I sit through. If I sit through a class, like you're still, in, are you you're still in school, right? No, no, I'm working full no. time now. Yeah. Now you work for, okay, so 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 remember, we were in school. If 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 I'm or if I'm sitting at a at a at a conference, or if I'm doing something and, and or I'm listening in a meeting to somebody, and I literally got nothing for an hour out of anything they said, like literally nothing was of any value to me. I can even think about that. This was a waste of time. You know, there's not nothing. The, the value is, you know, I was able to demonstrate the patience enough to sit through something like that where I got nothing out of it. And I learned a lesson in patience. And that, that's just it's just it's just how it's just changing your 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 the, the way that you view negatives. And I think that can really change the way you, the, the way life your life works. And that, that goes back to that whole abundance thing we were talking about living out of abundance. That's just it. Perspective is everything. But for the last question, I like to flip the script a little bit. So instead of me asking a question, it's you asking a question. But it's not to me. So imagine you have a crystal ball, and you can ask this crystal ball any question, and it will give you the answer. What is one question you'd want to know the answer to? Um, how can I get my wife to never? How can I get my wife to never point out any flaw that I have that she sees in what I'm doing? I love it. I love it. That that crystal ball would explode. <laughs> <laughs> that crystal ball would melt down if I asked that question. It'd be like, "Sir, this does not compute. Your wife will always find something that goes wrong with you. It's not, we cannot answer this for you, sir." <laughs> That's great. Oh, I love that. Yeah, but I want to thank you for taking the time out of your day to jump on this podcast with me. I want to give you the floor. Where can the people find you? Plug everything and anything you got right now. Uh, just call, coach, coach Ferber. It's at Coach Ferber as F E R B E R on Instagram. At Instagram, um, I don't have Twitter and I don't have Facebook. I just find that you know I'm, I'm just focusing on 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 the Instagram thing right now. Is where I, is where I started out. Kind of you know I'm kind of in in a routine of doing that. But um, you can also go to the web. Go to a website. Um, shoprealballers.com uh crispy camps we have you know different camps and events coming up for 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 players we also have tryouts things if guys want to get involved that are in uh the northeast we have some guys that are pretty far out but we generally keep it about the north the northeast with, with uh where the players on the team but other than that yeah coach Ferber on instagram coach Ferber on instagram is fine i appreciate you having me on Oh, it's my pleasure. I want to thank you once again for being on the show. And I want to thank everybody for listening. Whether you've listened the entire way through, you've only listened to bits and pieces. I really appreciate you taking time to check this out. Everyone do me a big favor. Go and follow Coach Ferbs on Instagram. Make sure everything's linked in the show notes down below. And if you'd like to find me, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at the Jacob Kelly. Feel free to come and say hello. My DMs are always open. And if you'd like to follow the podcast, you can find us on Instagram at, at my social life podcast or on YouTube by searching up my social life. Thank you once again for listening, everybody. We'll talk soon. Take care.